his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Mark Reardon. The heart of America is not government. The center of America is not Washington, D.C. The center of America is the neighborhoods where 330 million Americans are raising their kids and trying to put food on the table and trying to love their neighbors. Mark Reardon. There's nothing worse than a reckless jackass who thinks he's smarter than everybody else. I am the smartest man alive! The Mark Reardon Show is on now. Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. And I, I, you know, there's not often times where, as a talk show host, I'm rather speechless and stunned by something. But, Sue, as you sit down and make yourself comfortable here this afternoon, I have rather shocking reaction to our terrible tragedy that happened with this young girl in St. Louis who lost her legs uh, over the weekend. And please tell me it's good. Well, it's shocking is what it is. And I think maybe it is good. And it's really, really sad that it took... Janae, the 16-year-old girl, losing her legs for a wake-up call. But listen to this. I think this might be real. It almost sounds like parody. You ready? Russell Kinsall over at Channel 4 just tweeted this out. St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones spoke out today. What? Critical of Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner. I know. Hopefully people weren't driving off the road when you heard that. She needs to do some soul searching on whether or not she wants to continue with the circuit attorney because she's lost the trust of the people. Wait a second. Oh, is that that's not our mayor here? Oh my gosh. Now, what does this tell you? This means unfortunately she's heard about it from other people. Right. And the tide has turned. Yes, this means that our mayor is worried about all of a sudden her political future because the heat is coming down and i can't believe that that's what it has taken to get her attention considering yeah maybe i can Mm. because let's go back to last night too let's let's reverse here and go back to when the show was ending last night in this ridiculous statement that she sent out which i still can't believe where she said this weekend six-year-old janae edmondson's life was upended by Horrific traffic violence. Traffic violence is always devastating, but it's especially devastating when it touches the lives of our youth. And then she starts talking about, I remain committed to major investments in street and pedestrian infrastructure to keep our city. What are you talking about? So no matter how they choose to get around walking, biking, driving or using public transit, 
as we also explore enforcement solutions. It's an infrastructure issue, all right? This is not, you know, the deal with Kim Gardner's office ignoring 50 times that this person should not have been out. And by the way, on that particular front, because, uh, you know, I think we're getting more and more. It's interesting to me that on some of this reporting, you have not had the ability, and this is where I think the mayor is struggling and Kim Gardner is struggling. They can't blame guns on this one, so they're spinning in their heels. They can't blame a white cop on this one, so they don't know exactly how to respond. Because That's that, exactly and I think right. the Post Dispatch is thrown in the rest of the media by this too, because it's been so easy for them just to blame guns. And I guess it's the car's fault in this particular situation. But what we do know is that we've had a situation with Kim Gardner's office, and this is where I think the the mayor is finally realizing that you have to do something here, um, that, that this, this was completely ignored, right? You, you had a situation, I'm trying to find the audio here. I have so much stuff in my audio. This is where I need Abby to come in here and kind of run me through what I'm looking for because I can't find it. Uh, let me play this first and I'll look for the other bites. Now, let me take you back because I sent a message here on Twitter earlier today to, and I'm sure that he's probably blocked, well, he hasn't blocked me, but maybe he's muted me, to um, our friend Jeff Pegues and also to Bill Whitaker from CBS News, because as a reminder here, both of those so-called journalists came into town. Hey, Abby, I need that audio from Channel 4 where they're talking about uh, what happened (laughs) over the weekend with the 50 charges. I don't know where that is right now. I'm looking at my screen and I can't find it, so I apologize for that. But Jeff Pegues and Bill Whitaker, two correspondents at CBS News, both black correspondents, swoop into our city. Bill Whitaker is a CBS News 60 Minutes correspondent, and they do these puff pieces on Kim Gardner a couple of years ago. Oh, Let me take yeah. you back. This is going to play very interestingly in the aftermath of what we're, we're learning right now. Okay, so this is from March of 2021, and I gave Jeff Begays, who's an embarrassment to journalism, so much trouble because I could have provided him at the time with people, and, and I make this same offer now. You want to come back in here, do an update on Kim Gardner after you propped her up and just made everyone here in St. Louis to be racist, and that the problem because I could give you Democrats. You don't need a Republican to tell you what's going on in St. Louis. I'll line up a bunch of Democrats for you, Jeff Begay, so you don't feel weird in a room with Republicans and you still have people on your team to tell you how crappy she's been at her job. Now, ladies and gentlemen, try not to drive off the road during this one, too. Here's what she said a couple years ago. Kind of juxtapose it with what's happened in the last couple of days, if you will. We as law enforcement have to hear the cries for help in the community and deliver. And that's why I'm not going to back down. That's why I'm not going to kiss the ring of the status quo to keep it a a certain way. Inside the old St. Louis courthouse, where enslaved African-Americans once sued for their freedom, Kim Gardner felt the weight of expectations to keep her promise and rebuild the justice system around fairness. Because it's about the will of the people, and the people of the city of St. Louis overwhelmingly voted me in to do my job to reform a system that we all know is beyond repair and needs to be dismantled and rebuilt. What is at stake here? The integrity of the whole criminal justice system. We as law enforcement have to hear the cries for help in the community and deliver. And that's why I'm not going to back down. That's why I'm not going to kiss the ring of the status quo to keep it a, a certain way. Inside the old St. Louis courthouse. Where right, well, you've heard enough at this point. It's just, it's a complete joke. Listen to what she said again and kind of frame it with everything that's happened in the last couple of days. All right. This is the father of the robbery victim that was initially involved. Let's, let's not forget that what happened here 
is this guy was supposed to be, well, he's supposed to be behind bars, and he's charged with a crime, and then he's got these 50 violations. Here's the report from Channel 4 sort of outlining this Dandridge spoke on behalf of his son, who still fears Riley, and the two other men accused of robbing him back in the summer of 2020. Well, the prosecutor needs to stay in touch with their victims and find out what's going on. You know, how would they know if he moved or if he's alive or dead? All of the robbery suspects were put on house arrest with ankle bracelets. This isn't a guy just stealing a car or property crime. This is an armed robbery. I mean, my son's lucky to be alive. And he is alive. Yes, he's very much alive. The I-team... Now, that's important because did you hear a report there was an initial... I saw this, I think, in the Post. I don't think Christine Byers at Channel 5 was reporting this, but there there was a report that one of the reasons that they didn't go through with the trial on that where they dropped the ball was because the victim had died and they had to sort of oh have, but but he the father hey let's he's, listen to this he's part here alive hey, he's alive could he be alive and he is alive yes he's very much alive the i team obtained records showing riley violated his gps monitoring system about 50 times before he was supposed to go to trial and another 40 times since Dandrus said his phone started blowing up after Riley was identified as the driver who caused 17-year-old Janae Edmondson to lose her legs. But I somehow felt responsible for this little girl being injured. What message do you have for the girl's family? I'm sorry for what's happened to you. We tried our best to put this person in jail for harming my son, for robbing my son. And I'm sorry that St. Louis has let you and your family down. This should never have happened. I don't think there's what. What more can you say uh, on this after Nothing. that? He's absolutely right about that. He's absolutely right. You know, and and this is a. I, I'm really fascinated. I did not anticipate. You know, there are things that throw me for a loop right before the show, and I will say that that's one of them. What Tashar Jones finally did today, in the aftermath of kids just dying on the street. You know, everything that Kim Gardner did during the Greitens situation, which has nothing to do with Eric Greitens' behavior, has everything to do with her behavior. I'm not letting Greitens off the hook is my point. I'm saying that what she did was reprehensible and illegal, and we knew it was illegal. And then the Supreme Court gives her, you know, just a slap on the wrist and does nothing. We've seen people leave her office. We've known this is happening, and I mentioned this a few minutes ago. Democrats know this is happening, right? The problem is, and this is what makes today so interesting, they're all— such, and I can't say the word on the radio, but I'll say cowards. You can start with another word that starts with a different letter if you'd like. They're such cowards because they're so afraid of being accused of someone who's not on board with progress and African-American progress. So the progress that Kim Gardner wants and the progress that Tashara Jones wants, Jones wants in the city of St. Louis is um, social work. This, this is a young man who needed some social work before he went out there and tried to apparently kill this young girl. So it's absolutely outrageous what's happening. The reaction is really encouraging here and also... Um, Unfortunate because and there's a group and we're going to f- highlight them just a little bit here later in the show. I noticed uh, a tweet yesterday. Arnold Stricker, who is with a group that's called Citizens for a Greater Downtown St. Louis. Les Sturman's involved in that group. Do you know that name, Les Sturman? Why do I know that? He, name? he was with the East West Gateway Council uh-huh. and was involved in a lot of things that were happening downtown. But Arnold uh, and I saw this group tweet yesterday about some things and there's people that are giving them attention. So I invited him to come on and talk about some of the concerns that they have. But I mean, if we're being honest here with what's happening in the city, 
And Sue, I was I was with a bunch of law enforcement folks today for a luncheon that Mark Cox was supposed to entertain them at, and I got called in at the last minute oh, because gosh. because Mark couldn't do it. But you know, you have a situation where we want to support law enforcement, but these poor men and women on the yes. streets are given very little to go on right now, Ugh. given the fact that Kim Gardner doesn't prosecute the cases that they put in front of them. This is another one of those situations that really puts the exclamation point on it. But who's the guy? Uh, Andy Candy, Andy Karaznov, right? I don't know. Yeah, if that's yeah, how you yeah, yeah. Do you from follow Crown him Candy from Crown Kitchen. Candy? Do sure. Ever, do you ever follow him on Twitter? Yeah. Every morning. And I'm, yeah. I'm every morning. What does he post? He posts a picture of a guy or just random Multiple cars people. blowing through a stop sign right by Crown Candy. Well, not even in many cases, not even slowing yes. down. Just going through. Now I see it when I leave work here every night mm-hmm. as well. And there's there's no consequences. Well, the bad no. guys know that. There's no attempt to to prosecute or to offer any consequences in these situations with crime. So here we are left with a terrible situation. And let's not act like this is new because this happened to this young girl. It's not new. We've been talking about it. I've been highlighting it for years now with the homicide numbers, with the fact that there's only attention that's given when there's a white cop involved and there's a gun. Oh, I can't blame that on this one. What are they going to do? They have to have answers. And there are people that are pissed off and frustrated and justifiably so. But for it to take this tragedy with a a 16-year-old girl who is just here to play volleyball to get the attention of our worthless mayor, that's ripe. It really is. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas... Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Uh, I just noticed, too, that there is an alderman, Mike Gross. I don't know Mike Gross. It's hard to keep track of all these aldermen. They vote for raises for themselves, etc. But Mike Gross, who says, I supported Circuit Attorney Gardner when she was elected to office and supported her again. Well, okay, you made two stupid decisions, Alderman Mike Gross. But now all of a sudden, boy, they they must be getting some signals from the constituents who have finally had it. Some of us had it long before Saturday night. Oh, yes. I'll tell you that because we've been talking talking about it for a long time. Anyway, we'll keep you posted on that. And I'm, I'm just shocked again that the mayor has said something and sort of threw the circuit attorney under the bus. 
Um, finally, finally did that. Uh, we'll, we'll have much more on that. By the way, there's a fascinating case out of uh, that nobody's talking about with one of the biggest basketball stars on the planet, Brandon Miller from the University of Alabama, who played in Columbia about a month ago. There was a murder that took place down there with another player that was involved, got kicked off the team. Then it came out yesterday that Brandon Miller was the guy. He was the kid that supplied the gun. The administration knew about it the whole time. Nobody's talking about this story, but it is fascinating. (laughs) And our legal analyst, Brad Young, is going to join us here in the latter part of this hour to talk about it. We have Fahad Nazar in the studio. He is the official spokesman for the Saudi embassy in Washington, D.C. He is in St. Louis. I don't know if it's the first time we're going to find out. Fahad, how are you? We've had you on the air before, but it was certainly uh, not in studio. It was on the phone. Welcome to 97.1 FM Talk. Thank you. It's good to be with you again, and uh, this time in person, Mark. Have you been here before? I have not. This is actually my first visit to St. Louis, a uh, beautiful city, and uh, you know, looking forward to having a good conversation with you as well as others. So any, have you gotten around? I'm just always curious about impressions of the city, and I don't know how much you've been even throughout the Midwest on your travels, but it's a little different than the coasts, uh, certainly New York and, and Boston or L.A. or something like that. Right, and maybe we covered this in our previous um, appearance, but so we, our leadership maintains a, a robust and ongoing dialogue with the leadership in Washington, D.C., with the administration, as well as both leaders on both sides of the aisle in Congress. At the same time, it's become apparent to us long, long time ago that the United States is a big country. So as you leave Washington, Americans, I think, outside of D.C. have slightly different perspectives, different interests, different concerns. So whenever possible, we do take the opportunity to travel and to speak about the importance of the relationship and also to learn from Americans about, you know, the great things that are happening in the various states. So Sue comes in today. She takes a look at the program sheet. She sees that you're going to be visiting with and says, why is that? So I'll ask you that question. Why are you here in in St. Louis, Fahad? What's the purpose of the trip? Right. Like I said, I think it's important for us to engage with as broad a, a spectrum of Americans as possible. Our relationship with uh, Missouri is important, but so is our relationship with the United States, obviously, more broadly. But we have important relationship with essentially every state in the union. Uh, and again, from, a, from an economic perspective, mainly or not? Economic to a great extent. So certainly the business community in, this, in the United States is very much interested in what's happening in the kingdom. I think I mentioned last time that we unveiled something called Vision 2030 back in 2016, a series of economic and social reforms. Uh, the business community is very much excited about the opportunities that that represents. And uh, obviously the business community varies and the uh, economic base of every state varies. So whenever possible, we do like to travel we and engage in conversation and see how we can broaden this relationship on an economic front, but also academic institutions, for instance, are very much interested in partnering with various universities and colleges in Saudi Arabia. That's interesting as well. So are you visiting some of our colleges and universities or not? Not this time around, but hopefully uh, next time. And it's not just me who travels. Her Royal Highness Princess Rima bin Bandar, the uh, ambassador to Washington, D.C., does even more traveling than I have. It's She's been to both coasts, but she's also been to Michigan and Florida and Utah and other states. And now that we're finally over COVID, I hope. Uh, we, we look forward to traveling in person a lot more. So how did, how did COVID uh, affect the kingdom and what was the approach? We didn't let people go to parks and beaches here. So I don't know what the, you know, the compare and contrast was, but can you walk me through that at all? Right. So I think we 
took some pretty strict measures. Uh, we acted fairly uh, early, and uh, we took and we seriously we took it as a serious public health threat. And the thing that we did right, I think that we invested a lot of resources into digitizing our medical and healthcare service well in advance of COVID. So in in that respect, we were a bit maybe more prepared than most countries. So we were able, for instance, to do contact tracing pretty effectively. We were able to vaccinate the population fairly effectively. And so, you know, three years in or more, we still have for a population of 35 million, we have under 10,000 uh, that's which is still a lot, but it's again, it's uh, it's all relative. Do do you have? I'm curious about this. Just impressions of um, we can broaden this beyond COVID, but I, I'm always curious. We all have impressions of different countries, and if we haven't been there, different cities. I would say, you know, for example, people don't have the highest impression of St. Louis right now, based on some of the things that have happened in the news with crime. But we, what I hear a lot from people who travel, whether it's to um, you know, I don't know if it's Europe, Middle East, or China in particular, the infrastructure is brought up as being particularly strong compared to ours. It, it, do you have an impression about that? Trains, you know, air travel, things along those lines. Are we behind the rest of the world in that, in your opinion, or not? I'm not, I'm not asking you to break bad on the U.S. I'm just curious. Sure. Yeah, I mean, as far as Saudi Arabia is concerned, uh, part of the vision is developing our uh, infrastructure, transportation, and otherwise. So we're investing a lot of resources into that. We believe that, I mean, geography-wise, we're strategically located. We're in two major waterways, the uh, Red Sea on one and the uh, Arabian Gulf on the other. We believe that we can become a regional, if not a global hub. So we're putting a lot of resources into that. We're uh, creating new ports uh, and airports as well. So, but, you know, the United States is is great on many levels, and, uh, you know, it's a leader in many fields. American companies have been in the kingdom for many, many years, and, you know, we're keen on maintaining that relationship, but we're also trying to broaden it to bring in some, some of these American companies that are cutting edge of the new technologies and innovation. So the U.S. always does well no matter what challenges So, serious face. question here. Is there a push? Because I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing not, but maybe there is because you guys are ahead on technology or at least, you, you know, try to stay ahead of the curve. Is there a push for EVs? Do electric vehicles exist in the kingdom? And what's the prospect of that? Just out of curiosity. Right. So, we do take climate change seriously. We are investing a lot of resources into renewable energy, both uh, wind and solar. We are. We actually lucid uh, technology to lucid motors uh, does have a plant in Saudi Arabia and uh, they've begun manufacturing and assembling cars and selling them there as well. So, you know, we're working on multiple fronts to confront uh, climate change. At the same time, we will continue to produce hydrocarbons because we have a comparative advantage when it comes to producing them, but we will say, also yeah. make sure that they are as clean as possible. So, Refresh my memory on Vision 2030 and what that's all about. Fahad Nazar is with us. He's the uh, official spokesman for the Saudi Embassy in Washington, D.C. He's here in Missouri on some business. What was Vision 2030 all about? Right. So the vision was unveiled back in 2016 by His Royal Highness Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. And the objectives is to diversify the economy, to empower every sector of the economy, and also to enable every segment of society to make sure that Saudi Arabia not only pushes this new and exciting stage of our, our development process forward, but that Saudi men and women can compete with their counterparts around the world. So we have basically, in many ways, we've created some sectors from scratch over the past five years. So 
we've invested a lot of resources and really created uh, a tourism sex uh, a t- tourism sector from the ground up. We've created a an entertainment sector from the ground up. We are investing a lot into housing, health, healthcare, information technology, renewables, as I said. And I think American businesses appreciate these opportunities. And, you know, every time I go to the kingdom, I run into a lot of uh, American business men and women trying to explore what the opportunities are. What What's the entertainment f- built from the, the ground up? What are you, what are you doing differently there? Move, movie industry related or otherwise right so again the entertainment and tourism sectors are are kind of connected so we have recently realized that saudi arabia has a rich and diverse history we have a lot of islamic history but some of it predates uh, islam so we have a number of unesco world heritage sites maybe the most famous of which is al-ula which is a nabataean tomb city in the northwest of saudi arabia and that has already been the site of a number of Hollywood movies. So you're getting uh, production happening. But we also have a predominantly young population in Saudi Arabia. 70% is under the age of 35. So 70% is under the age of 35. Right. And it's 35 million people living there. So <laughs> invariably, we've, again, realized that there's a lot of talent in terms of uh, you know, musicians, uh, movie makers, really any form of art. We are building that industry from the ground up. And we're beginning to see some very interesting works in all art form. Fahad, tell me about, somebody else was describing the line. What What is the line? Because this is kind of fascinating. Right. So the line is the residential section of Neom. And Neom is a, a region, it's one of the giga projects that, that's being built in Saudi Arabia. It's basically a smart city that is being built from the ground up. Um, I spoke to an official at Neom, and he described it best as Neom will be the place where we demonstrate that you can live in complete harmony with nature by employing the most advanced technologies available. So we'll have various sectors. There will be an innovation hub. There will be a research center, a business center. Scenically, Neom is, is beautiful. It is on the Red Sea, so it could potentially and will be a tourist destination. There's a wellness center and a health center there. Uh, it but is it's, w- I don't want I don't want people to get lost here. It's basically like a, a described as a smart city, right? It, it, it is, yeah, right. And uh, the line is the residential area of it, and the entire Neom Giga project will be powered by uh, renewables. The city itself, I think, will present a, a leap forward in ur- urban living. They will not have any cars. Uh, all the infrastructure will be underground. Everything will be within walking distance. So it really represents fresh thinking out of the box thinking for Saudi Arabia. And I think once all is said and done, uh, people, I think, will be impressed. And, you know, every time I go to the kingdom, I'm seeing more and more, not just businessmen and women. I'm seeing a lot of tourists from the United States and elsewhere. I think, and this is very gratifying for me personally, to see that people realize that there's something special happening in the kingdom. So, snark, snark. You know what snark is? Does that translate? Why are you trying to ruin golf here in the United States with all this LIV stuff in Saudi Arabia, Fahad? Right. So, (laughs) as far as Saudi Arabia is concerned, our promotion and investment in sports is a win-win. One, it does help us diversify our economy. It is generating thousands of jobs. It is improving the quality of life for both Saudis and non-Saudis alike. And also because of these investments, we suddenly have thousands of young men and women who are competing in sports for the first time. 
Uh, I wrote a piece for the Washington Institute for Near East Policy, which is a, a think tank in, in Washington, D.C., just, uh, just this past week, uh, focusing on this issue. And I led the article by focusing on the reaction of a young soccer player, a female player, and her reaction when she scored a goal in a friendly tournament. She was literally in tears, tears of joy. She was congratulated by everybody. This was not like the Men's World Cup. There wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't being viewed by a billion people. The stands were maybe half full, but that meant something to her. And I, I hope that people realize that every measure we're taking in the kingdom, whether it's related to sports or not, our main objective is how to advance our interests and how to make people, Saudi people's lives better. So we, we obviously, look, we're being honest, we got a lot of issues in this country. Our government does things that many of us who live throughout the country do not uh, approve of. But you've, you've got some things in Saudi Arabia related to Jamal Khashoggi and other things that people, you know, if I sit here and I do an interview with you and I don't bring some of these things up, then my audience is going to say, wait a second, you gave this guy a pass on these issues. Now, we're not going to probably get to any kind of solutions or a serious conversation, but there's got to be business people and even tourists that would say, look, we, we hear these things about Saudi Arabia. We don't know exactly what happened. Those are troubling. Again, we got troubling things here. What do you say to that? Right. So we never claim to be a perfect I think like every country, we, uh, we certainly have made mistakes in the past. We'll probably make some of in the future. But when it comes to the Jamal Khashoggi murder specifically, I think we dealt with that uh, resolutely. We acknowledged that this was a heinous crime. It was an affront not only to our values, but it was also an egregious violation of our laws. The people behind it were held responsible. They're doing long prison sentences. And we also took concrete measures to make sure it doesn't happen again. At the same time, I think it's important to note that something like that has never happened in the history of Saudi Arabia. And the reason is it is simply not who we are. It is not how we resolve our differences. So I think it's unfortunate that some people are trying to define us through this isolated incident. Um, so we will continue, certainly personally, I will continue to make sure that people realize it's not who we who we are. And, uh, you know, when it comes to human rights, we, uh, we're we reforming on multiple levels. We have a human rights commission. We're signatory to multiple treaties and conventions. So it's very important to us. How long are you here in, in Missouri? Not long. I'm, oh, really? uh, I'm going back uh, tomorrow morning, but it's been a great trip so far. And I've had great conversations, uh, this one for sure. Were you here yesterday or just today? No, I came in, I flew in this morning. Because the weather was beautiful yesterday, and you get kind of crappy weather today, unfortunately. That's why I asked. It's warm, but we just had such a beautiful day, and we've had a great stretch. Is there, like, what's the worst, translate to Fahrenheit if you can, I'm not smart enough to do it, but what's the coldest, does it get cold in Saudi Arabia? My, my, I envision that it wouldn't, but I'm probably wrong about that. No, actually it does. So, you know, the Saudi Arabia and the United States do have a lot of, in common, but there's also a lot of parallels. One of them is as you move from north to south or uh, east to west, that the climate changes, yeah. the topography changes, the, the dialects, the food, the, the uh, attire changes. So uh, Riyadh, for instance, does get pretty cold in the winter. So I was there a couple of weeks ago, and it got pretty chilly at night. So it was 
in the 50s, if not actually oh, 40s. My goodness. It's in the 50s in this studio right now. <laughs> it feels a little we warmer pray for than your that soul. Mark, but well, that's okay. No, I get it. Well, yeah. listen, thank you for coming in. I know you have other stops to make here. Um, I appreciate the fact that we, you know, we connected uh, a couple of months ago on the phone, and thanks for coming into St. Louis, and maybe enjoy some toasted ravioli and things like that. And for the love of God, don't get shot out there in downtown. You have your Kevlar? <laughs> Sorry, no, I can't resist. Really, Sometimes the snark just comes out, Fahad. No, what can I say? No, I'm really enjoying uh, my visit, and uh, always a pleasure to speak with you. Good Mark. to see Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll be back. This whole situation down in Alabama with Brandon Miller, I'm telling you, this is an interesting story that no one's talking about. We're going to get to it next. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? You're cold. Cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I brought, um, I should say invited, our friend Brad Young, 97.1 FM Talk Legal Analyst with Harris Dow Fisher & Young. You hear him filling in on 97.1 many times to come on the show to talk about something different than our situation here in St. Louis, but we have to start with that. Brad, how are you this afternoon? Mark, doing great. Uh, had a great time on Monday. Well, and I appreciate that, and I, I did too, taking the uh, President's Day off with my daughter. So thank you for being here for me and for us. Russell Kinsall at Channel 4 tweets this out a couple hours ago. St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones spoke out today, and I don't have audio of this, and maybe there is audio. We'll have to find out. Critical of Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner. She needs to do some soul searching on whether or not she wants to continue with Circuit Attorney because she's lost the trust of the people. Now, that is amazing when you consider that Kim and Tashara and our friend Corey Bush have been side by side, lockstep on so many of these issues. Brad, what happened here? It took the the terrible tragedy of a young 16-year-old girl losing her legs to get the mayor's attention. It did. And it took something that's so... Uh awful and horrendous, not only from a practical tragedy here, Mark, but also from a PR perspective. It took that level of a tragedy to drive a wedge between uh, Tashara Jones and Kim Gardner. Now, I read the statement from from uh, from Tashara Jones, and it doesn't say that Kim Gardner has lost her trust. She just said that she's lost the trust of the people, right. and it may be time for her to step away. But it is interesting because that is a complete shift in tone from what we've seen from this mayor on on this topic. Well, it is because, as you say, they've been in just in lockstep together, arm in arm, marching the city towards a progressive agenda. And they've been very united in that. 
But listen, there's no getting around the fact that this tragedy falls directly on Kim Gardner's shoulders. And actually, I hold the Missouri Supreme Court somewhat responsible for this. The Missouri Supreme Court last year had the opportunity, the clear opportunity to suspend Kim Gardner's license, which would have allowed the governor to put someone in office who's actually competent. And they balked on that. They fined her $750 when her license should have been suspended. And the Missouri Supreme Court is partially at fault here. Well, I, I would agree with you. And, and there, there's been there's Brad, you and I have been talking about this for years. Some of these issues years. long before the Supreme Court issue came up. And it's just been outrageous. Then she gets reelected again. And as I highlighted earlier this hour, I think you and I have even talked about this. You had Bill Whitaker from 60 Minutes and Jeff Begay's both swooping into St. Louis, just doing a one sided agenda driven story about race. Right. Not about crime, not about how people are being affected. And there have been so many things since those pup pieces that have happened. And you think they're coming back to town to clarify the uh, the hmm. real story? I do not. Yeah, think so. yeah. Don't hold your breath on that. But it's but but Mark, as you and I have also talked, and we need to make this very clear here. This is not a race issue. This is a crime issue. I, I don't care what race Kim Gardner is or what she wants to support. This is an issue of getting criminals off the streets, and she's either reluctant or incompetent to do that. So I have to talk about the situation in Alabama, and I've left myself little time, but to me this is fascinating because what happened here is, and this this happened about a few days or maybe a week before Mizzou played Alabama, which is relatable because I went to that game in Columbia, and I'll circle back to that again, but right before that game there was a guy by the name of uh, Darius Miles that was on the Alabama team that was kicked off the team because he was involved in a murder that took place of a young woman on the camp Michael Lynn was the shooter, but Darius Miles provided the gun and was involved and was there when it happened. What we found out yesterday is that Brandon Miller, who's one of the best players in the country, he's a freshman. He is a I saw him that day at Mizzou Arena. That all this time, that was five weeks ago, that the administration in Alabama and his coach, Nate Oates, knew that he was the one that gave the gun to Darius Miles. Darius Miles said, I need your gun. Now, we don't know the entire story about the circumstances, but a detective by the name of Brandon Culpepper testified yesterday before grand jury that Miller brought Darius Miles' gun to him on the night of the shooting. So then Nate Oates says this. This is unbelievable that the coach of Alabama said this yesterday. Now, he did kind of back off because when you hear what I'm about to say here, you're going to know how stupid it is. He goes, we knew about that. Can't control everything anyone does outside of practice. Nobody knew that was going to happen. Brandon hasn't been any type of trouble, nor is he any type of trouble in this case. Wrong spot at the wrong time. Wrong spot at the wrong time? Isn't that called accessory to murder? It, it is. It's not only it's not only a stupid thing to say, Mark. It's 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 incorrect from a legal analysis standpoint. Listen, I looked up uh, Alabama criminal code section 13A-2-23. And under that code, you can be charged with conspiracy to commit murder if you do one of three things. If you actually <clears throat> procure the weapon or if you aid and abet another person in committing the offense. And it seems here that Brandon Miller did both, or at least plausibly did both, uh, sufficient enough to charge him with a crime. But not only has he not been charged with a crime here, Mark, he's not even off the team. He's still playing with the team. And I don't understand how someone who delivers the gun Reports are that Brandon Miller may have even been in the car or at the scene when the crime was committed, and he's still playing, and he's on the right, court. Right, but let me, let me make it clear for everyone why. And, Brad, you know, you know you're smart enough to know why. Here's why. Brandon Miller is the leading scorer for 
Alabama, who might win a national championship with him. He averages 18-7 a game, eight rebounds a game, and they think he's going to go in the top five as a freshman in the NBA draft. So they protected him down there, and these things do happen with athletes. But for the love of God, you see all this woke stuff that comes up on ESPN and questions about behavior on campus, and this doesn't get any attention because it's an undercover story right now. All right, Brad, before I let you go, I got this because it just came in. We do have audio here, and I think it's basically what I said that Tashara had said, but let's hear it. She really needs to do some soul searching on whether or not she wants to continue with circuit attorney because she's lost the trust of the people. Circuit attorney who's been there for six years, uh, this incident and others have highlighted the fact that some improvements need to be made in her office. Good Lord, it's about time, right? Unbelievable. Some improvements. I, it, it is, but Mark, the reality is, last time Kim Gardner ran for election, she got seventy-seven percent of the vote. If you had a, if you had an election tomorrow, the vote count would probably be about the same. So you can say all day long she's lost the trust of the people, but that's not true at the ballot box. Yep, I'm, I'm with you, Brad Young. Thank you very much. Appreciate it this afternoon. My pleasure. Get more at 971talk.com. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.